0: This is the tale of a man who has yet to realize his destiny. Simon and Kamina live in an underground village, but the sudden appearance of a giant mecha known as a gunman, and Yoko, a beautiful woman who is a crack shot with a superconducting rifle, has shattered their daily routine.
1: They attack the enemy mecha, their momentum launches the trio to the surface, but then...
0: Japanese, podcast where three dudes in their thirties talk about anime.
2: Who the hell do you think I am? Kick! It's Andy!
0: Yeah, that was Andy. (laughs) Ha
2: ha! Yeah, are you ready? Do I have to? Yeah, your your special attack.
0: Perfect combustion engine a soul drill. What is it? Let me Uh, see uh, you You know what? You know what? You ever write down your phone?
2: I do, but you know what? I think that's fine. Okay. I think you're Bill. I'm Bill. And where's Josh? Who cares? Oh, God. That's so mean. Oh yeah, Josh isn't here this week. We'll be pretty forthright with you guys. We started our review of Gurren Lagan and we did not time this like last like several months very well the whole summer viewing program not really being the summer um the uh starting of a new season when we knew that josh was going to be gone pretty much the entire month of october when it's josh's anime we didn't do a very good job of this
0: no also uh be sure to listen to the raw attitude podcast for my one year anniversary
2: appearance (laughs) crossover appearance
0: for the network (sighs) that was what Three months late?
2: Three months late, yeah. yeah. Uh Yeah, definitely go check that out. That's one of the shows on the Questionable Never Network, questednetwork.com. You can definitely hear Bill and Henry Hugebacks talk about an old episode of Monday Night Raw.
0: Henry is great. I had fun. It was a good episode. Yes. It reminded me why I liked wrestling.
2: That's good, and that's good because nowadays it's harder to find that oh, drive. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what
0: the main event was of the episode I watched?
2: What was the main event?
0: The Rock versus The Undertaker.
2: That is pretty fucking awesome. Um, so, I, am gonna jump in here and say that, uh, you'll also be able to find me in an upcoming episode. Um, and I think it'll already be out, or out the same day, actually, as our episode here, probably, of the Nitro Mania podcast, which is Adam from the, formerly from the Rundown, uh, does something very similar to the Raw Attitude podcast. He got Henry's blessing. It was okay. <laughs> and, uh, we were reviewing an episode of WCW, Monday Nitro from 1995, and I will tell you the main event was not that good. Um, <laughs> I believe I, the names weren't bad, but like I think I'm trying to think who was involved. I think it was Sting and Lex Luger versus Brian Pillman and Arn Anderson, which is not bad, but no, it's like not terrible. not terrible. But we also reviewed World uh, World War III from 1995, which is the absolute worst pay per view I've seen, I think, ever. <laughs> It was terrible. If you want to know more about that, check that out. That's also on the Questionable Endeavor Network feed. Yeah, for the less sexy version. Yes. Um, but but it was Adam and myself getting back together, bringing the, ba- the band back together. So it was fun. We had a good time, regardless of how awful the wrestling was. So yeah, definitely check us out. We'll, we'll be talking wrestling there. But today, today, we are going to be talking about some Gurren Lagann without the guy who is making us watch Gurren Lagann. So there's some irony there or something. Um, but we're talking about episode two. I said I'm going to pilot that thing! And it's my week to do a review, so... These uh, titles. Ah, these titles are pretty crazy. So, it's going to be interesting to, I think, for you, the fans, to hear Bill and I talk about this, because Bill, while I think has a maybe a clearer understanding of like what's going on in, this ep- in these episodes than I do, he doesn't have a love for this, se- this series. No. And I'm kind of lukewarm on it, so... We'll see how this goes, folks. This could be interesting. But first, before we get there, I want to talk about some nerd news. Really quick, I want to mention that the SNES Classic today came out this uh, this Friday when we we're recording. And I haven't had a chance to really go and look to see. But it sounds like, from what a little bit I've heard on the internet, as with what happened with the NES Classic, it was pretty tough to find.
0: Apparently, think geek has them. I got an email today that said so oh, we really? have these in
2: stock. Uh, I wonder, I know that uh, Nintendo, not Nintendo, but ThinkGeek, rather, got some flack when last year when they had the NES Classic come out, then uh, just about a couple months ago, some random NES Classics showed up on ThinkGeek. Even though there was a limited supply, they'd run through them all, uh, apparently ThinkGeek had held back a whole bunch of supply and was trying to sell them now, packaging them with a bunch of other shit that people don't want and jacking up the price. Oh. So... So that's that's a fun little story from a few months back. Uh, I
0: wish that wasn't true because I like to think Geek a lot. Yeah,
2: there. Keep in mind, Think Geek is uh, owned by the same company that GameStop.
0: I didn't know that. that yeah,
2: I, I don't know oh. if that was a recent sort of thing, but they've been with GameStop, uh, the same company, for a while. And I have a pretty vehement hate of GameStop for the most part.
0: Yeah, I had no idea of that.
2: Yeah. So uh, so that's out. And then I also want to just mention quickly uh, on the on the same kind of vein of video games that when the Nintendo Switch came out, people were... And again, I know Nintendo Switch. This is why I, this, I live and breathe it. I'm sorry.
0: By the way, they're out of stock by now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'll, I imagine. Um, the, uh, the, the, the Nintendo Switch, one of the early complaints was, oh, this is going to be just like the Wii U. We're not going to have any games to play at all on this machine. Well, we've talked about how so there's been some really fun games that have come out. I've talked about certain ones on the show. Just to prove a point, I think, this week alone, um, there were 18 games that made its way onto the eShop this week alone. Uh, 18 fucking games. The only thing
0: I would ask about that, mm-hmm. not that it's necessarily a knock, Mm-hmm. How many of those were AAA titles?
2: That's a good question. It's a really good question. Um FIFA came out uh this week so that was a big time title. Aside from that, there were a lot of indie stuff. However, there were a couple indie games, well, there's one in particular that like people have been really excited about and I'm going to tell you the premise of it. And I know you're going to like stare at me with your normal like what the fuck stare, but it has gotten huge buzz and people have been wanting this for for a really long time. There's this game called Golf Story. <laughs> Which is a golfing game, but also an RPG. Okay. And I've watched some of it, and it looks like so much fun. I cannot wait to buy this. I did buy, however, of those 18 games. I bought a game of Picross, uh, which is, or Picross, I don't know how to say it. But, like, it's a puzzle game that involves, like, numbers and and stuff. And it's it's highly addictive. There was a Pokemon Picross version that came out probably, like, a year ago. And it was a pay-to-play sort of thing. Like, you play for free. Uh Um, but apparently I was so good at it, I only had to pay, like, one time. Like, they got, like, so little money out of me, and I beat the entire game. And I don't think you're really meant to beat this game. Um, (laughs) because I, I unlocked just, and, and solved like, every single Pokemon puzzle. Huh. Yeah. So, I, uh, last night I bought Pycross for, like, $8, and I'm already one-fifth of the way through the main mode, just because I'm so good at that puzzle game.
0: I know, uh, like, on the 64, Commodore Uh 64... Oh, yeah. Uh, my dad beat Snake.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, got all the way to where you couldn't, like, all that's, yeah, he said it freaked out and, like, threw an error code. (laughs) Ah, That's so great. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Oh, so yeah, those are, those are two of my stories. I've got one more, which I won't have a lot to say about, but I'll, I'll turn it over to you. What do you got for Nerd News?
0: Well, last week uh, Fuller House season three dropped.
2: Yes, I uh we actually sat down to watch an episode, but I was super tired when we were watching it, so of course I fell asleep. But um we're gonna we're gonna go back and and, and give it a watch, I think. So
0: excellent, I I enjoy it. Yeah, oh, I and do too. They stare into the goofy, and that's I mean, I mean that it's campy, is campy, but yeah. I'm not sure that studio audience noise is even a real studio audience. Oh, I'm sure it's not. I think they just pipe it in. To,
2: and I like that because. They have to know going in that, like, there's going to be a level of expectation that it's, it has to be goofy. Look at the original source material. Right. And, like, they could either try to make it something serious or they could just run with it and do the nostalgia thing and just have fun with it. And that's what they do. It looks like the actors have so much fun playing their roles.
0: Yeah, I imagine they do. It's weird, though. I've said that before. The standout is Kimmy Gibbler.
2: Oh, God, yes. Like,
0: as, like, the wacky neighbor before, she is the funny one.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree. This time around. Yeah. She's the Uncle Joey yeah. of the trio. Yeah. Right. I mean, you've got you've got your Danny Tanner uh with with DJ, you've yeah, got yeah. your Uncle Jesse with uh Big yep. Tits. Um, and you've got <laughs> Fuller Blouse. Fuller Blouse, right? Um sorry, that's not very woke of me. I apologize. It, it isn't, but, but I mean uh, it's true. <laughs> and uh and then you've got your you've got your Uncle Joey with uh with Kenny Gibbler. Yeah, the so.
0: unrelated goofy one. Yes. The kind of cool related Ant, in this case. Yeah. With a music career.
2: Yep. Absolutely. It lines up nicely. No, it does. It really does. So have you had a chance to watch much of season three? We finished it. Oh, you finished it already? Oh my goodness. We blew through it. Is it it another like 10, 13 episodes, something like that? I think it's 13 episodes. And they're like half hour, so that's not. Yeah, and they're, well, they're not even half hour. I mean, if they were on
0: TV, they'd be half hour.
2: Right. Yeah, 22 minutes or something. So compared to the other, still a lot of fun, still good?
0: Yeah, I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it. Good. Um, it's getting a little more into the drama. Not a lot. Yeah. But there's definitely sort of that like DJ torn between yeah the two loves, Steve and, Steve, Matt, and, Steve and
2: Matt yeah mm-hmm. that
0: that takes a bigger
2: a bigger deal in this season yeah that makes sense though I mean they kind of left that hanging so they mm-hmm. have to have some sort of like plot line that drives it through
0: I can see what season four would be if they do one mm-hmm. I don't know what they're gonna do past season four okay. like I can see that.
2: Like, a lot of the things are starting to be wrapped up. Four could be the closure yeah. of it. Which would make sense. I feel like four seasons is plenty. Yeah, I think they tell a nice, complete story there. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, check that out on Netflix. And uh, that's interesting because that transitions into what I'm going to say. The Speaking of revivals, yesterday, and I didn't get a chance to watch it because I was busy doing some other stuff, according to the podcast, but I'm going to be watching it this weekend. Uh, Will and Grace is back uh, on network TV. I remember you saying that. Yeah, so uh, they had the first episode on Thursday, and I haven't watched it yet, but from things I've read about and people's reactions, apparently it feels just like the original series. Like, they hadn't even stopped, and it was still apparently a ton of fun. So I'm really oh, looking good. forward to sitting down and watching that. Good.
0: I never watched the original.
2: You, pro- I feel like you should. I feel like it's one of those cultural things that, like, it was so important, at it's time especially.
0: You're right, and I probably should. Mm-hmm. But in fairness, I haven't watched Seinfeld,
2: so True. I mean, there's
0: there's a lot of very cultural. No, things no, that you are right. That thing is, I mean, maybe that, but, it is culturally important. Yeah, is not even top ten of the things I have not caught. Absolutely,
2: <laughs> um, but you know, when you compare Seinfeld to to Will and Grace, at least with Will and Grace, you're gonna be able to, I think, enjoy the humor a lot more than you would in a Seinfeld. Fair it's enough. it's it's very goofy humor. If you like, you know, like Thirty Rock and stuff like that, right. I feel like. It's in a close enough genre that you will find quite a bit of enjoyment out right. of it. Well,
0: Tammy too is part of Will and Grace, isn't she? Yes,
2: yeah, yes. absolutely she plays. I mean, that's where, like one of her big roles, like, te- like her, probably her biggest. That's why she role. got to be Tammy too. Absolutely, okay. yeah. Uh, her role well, is Karen. she's married
0: to. Well, yeah. Nick that's, Offerman. That. Well, that, that's that, probably
2: why she got to be that, Tammy That too, helps but, too, but yeah, yeah, no, her she's she's super well known for her role as Karen on that. So and, okay. and Karen is probably my favorite thing about that show. Like, she is just... All four of the main characters are hilarious. She's
0: funny in general, so yeah, I I can imagine
2: she's very funny on that show. Yeah, she's very good. Uh, So so I'm looking forward to watching that and and getting caught up. And I haven't watched the original series in a very long time, so... But if it sounds like they just kind of jump right back into it, I'm really looking forward to it. And and kind of like with Fuller House, it'll be interesting to see what they do kind of to push it forward, to modernize it a little bit. I mean, it wasn't a super old show, but it's old enough now that... There are some different things like with like portrayals of gay life and, and the gay community and and just just in general society. So right, I mean, gay marriage is a thing now, which wasn't back then when they were that was airing. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see where they well, kind of where it goes. So yeah, that's minor news. You got any, anything else to add?
0: The only thing left I can think about uh, that I was
2: excited about, at least, yeah,
0: there has been a release of the Black Legacy Edition
2: Titantis. Ooh. So they're continuing with that then. Yes. Yep. Now, Titanus, remind me, I'm pretty sure I know. That's the big one that like didn't really do much, but like you put the other ones inside. It it was the
0: carrier Zord for the Ultra
2: Zord. Now my question. Brachiosaurus. Yeah. Yeah. So my question would be since some of those other ones, they did more with the articulation. Is there more to it than, than what it was originally? Or is it basically still the same shell? Like, does it have more movements? Does it have more things to it?
0: The biggest change for this one, it looks like. And they have done a Legacy Edition Titantis okay. that I've never got my hands on or seen, other than YouTube videos. Right. So this is just that in a black and gold paint scheme. hmm But, yeah, all the things that were stickers are now raised and painted. Cool. Um, detail.
2: That's pretty neat. Like,
0: when you open the back of it up to put yeah. the, ult- the Dragonzord in, the inside of that panel is detailed.
2: Oh, that's cool. You know,
0: it's not just the plastic shell like the old one was. Yeah. And then the neck is actually heavily articulated, kind of like the Legacy Dragon was, to where it can go side to side, up and down, forward and back.
2: Oh, good. That's cool.
0: And whereas, like, my original one, when you, you can put the dragon's Dragonzord tail where Titantus' tail used to be, mm-hmm. because its tail splits, and becomes the two shoulder guns. Yeah. On the old one, when you did it, it was a very short, stubby tail. Mm-hmm. It stuck out maybe an inch or so. Yeah. It was just kind of a place to put the tail.
2: Yeah, just a storing place.
0: Um, On this one... The tail, which has that heavy articulation on it, actually mounts right to the outside of that socket. Okay. So it winds up with that full, articulated, long tail. Oh, neat. For the sword.
2: Neat. And then the color schemes would be similar because it's black and gold. Yes. So that's kind of cool. So it doesn't yeah. like seem like out of place.
0: Yeah, yeah. So all hmm. three of them go together into the Ultra Z- Black and Gold Ultrazord. Okay. Um, it also comes with a couple of little clips that go on the Megazord's knees. Okay. Because the Megazord is kind of top heavy with the Dragon's Oh, on so it. it'll hold it in place? Yep, because it's all die cast metal. Oh, so it gets that's a little clever. top heavy. That's why I don't display it that way, because it would fall over. Yeah. But yeah, for Ultra Zord mode, they have the clips that kind of support the knees. Well, and that's keep clever. It. Yeah. That,
2: that's a good That's That's thinking ahead. I mean, if you're going to be paying a lot more money for these kind of things, they, they better. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's worth that, but, um, but that's cool though. That is cool visually. The, like the upgrades of that, that's neat.
0: Yep. I will actually probably wind up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's going to probably be my birthday
2: and Christmas present right, combined. Right, But yeah. Nice. I- I'm excited about it. It's, yeah. it's really cool. Cool. Uh, so that is the nerd news for this week. I think it's about time we get into episode two of Gurren Lagon. No. <laughs> Too bad. I said I'm going to pilot that thing. Uh, we open. With a recap from last time, done in a dramatic voice. Apparently, we're going to get uh recaps every time, which is different. We don't get that a lot in anime.
0: No, but this dramatic voice, man.
2: It's very I, dramatic.
0: I think I said before, it's kind of pretentious.
2: It's a and little it, pretentious. I would agree is. with you on that. Something about destiny, and underground village, gunmen, yeah, you know the story. And if you don't, go back to our review of episode one from a couple weeks ago, and you can get caught up that way. So we pick up exactly where we left off last time. If you recall in the last episode, they had just drilled through the surface and were excited until they realized, holy shit, there's more of these robot things out here. And uh we basically get a fight scene. And they, at first, kind of narrowly dodge, uh getting crushed under the larger machine's fist. And it's kind of... One thing I, I will give this show, and something that sometimes it doesn't deserve also is uh, proportions. Sometimes yes. the proportions are done really well. Yes. Sometimes the proportions are not done so well. Here's an example where I think just visually it's kind of cool to see. You think of Simone riding in this mech, and you always think of mechs as being really big, but the mech is actually fairly small compared to the other mechs. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's definitely smaller than a combat car.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean,
0: it's not. As, it's like half of your car turned on its side.
2: Right, So, like, it's pretty cool to kind of see that scale of, like, this giant fist coming down and then barely getting out of the way of being squashed just under the thing's fist.
0: Right. Pretty spiffy. But, you know, if sometimes the scale is good and sometimes it's not, Mm -hmm. I think that just amounts to it's not very good scaling. No, you're right. This might be a great stylized moment where they got it right. But But overall... It could just be dumb luck that they got it right this time. Absolutely.
2: They have an issue overall. Or
0: maybe they, they didn't get it right, but it looked cool.
2: It could be. That could be. I mean, starting off an episode with action is always good. Right. Yoko explains that the gunman that fell into the underground city where they were living before is the same one, or not the same one, but is one of those types of machines that are attacking them. Part of the same unit. Yeah, the same unit. They're all kind of working together, and of course, Kamina is excited while Simone freaks the fuck out.
0: Yeah, that's pretty far. Yeah,
2: I mean, pretty fitting into those the the roles that they've been kind of written into at this point. I really like how Simone tries to dig his way back into the village with his hands though. Like right. that's pretty good. He's just like, oh my god, I want it. it's like a dog in the backyard picking yeah. up a bone or something. Yeah. Uh, Never mind, I'm out. Yeah, Exactly. Get me out of here. Uh Kamina gets all ballsy, of course, and goes up against both gunmen outside of the mech, just as a, you know, human. Yep. Just no,
0: stands there by himself with his fists.
2: Pretty pretty fucking ballsy. Pretty crazy. I don't think he even takes a sword out at this point. No, he doesn't. He's just standing there like, come on, gunman. Or he's, he isn't calling him gunman, I think, at this point, because I don't think we have that name yet. I think it's maybe a little bit later we get the name. But either way, uh, again, it, lo- it looks like he's going to get flattened, but he gets away somehow. And the three escape inside of Simone's mech, and Kamina is chastising him, kind of sitting on the outside of the mech cross legged. <laughs>
0: well, they're holding him.
2: Oh, okay. They're carrying him. They're away. carrying him, okay. And he's just kind of like, what are you doing? I know what I'm doing. And uh, they're like, no, you have no idea what you're doing. You're an idiot. And I kind of agree with with Simone. I would run away too. Well, yeah,
0: there's a difference between being brave and being
2: stupid. Absolutely. Live to fight another day. Yeah.
0: Don't fight giant mechs by yourself
2: with your bare hands. Yeah. I think that's (laughs) the moral of this episode. That's the deeper message. We do get a fight scene. Simone flies up, allowing Yoko to kind of get a good shot while they're up in the air. Then they flop around in the air and uh, nearly crash for some reason. I can't remember if they uh, got swung at or something. Yeah, I don't quite remember what what caused that either. I don't know either, but we... Was it a recoil from her gun? It might have been. It might have been, but I know that it was another excuse for more boob and ass shots.
0: Well, yeah, ultimately. When you said they flop around in the
2: air, you know, I didn't know what you meant. Yeah, (laughs) you you assumed her breasts, I'm sure. Uh, The mech runs out of power suddenly, and then they start plummeting. Yep. Somehow they land gently. Like, what's up with that like they're they're plummeting but then it's like ah is land. That,
0: is that when he fires like the springy drill things out of the feet I can't recall it was a drill but it wasn't
2: oh I think you might be right yeah, it wasn't
0: a solid drill yeah so kind of it kind of like a spring basically it was a
2: spring yeah I guess that maybe is what it was Simone then has a breakdown and begs comment to pilot his logon or no it's lo- it's logon right logon, okay yeah. I couldn't remember which one was which for a second Josh was here, he'd probably get all of my case on that.
0: I was working on reviews today, Yeah, so yes, I know too many of these names
2: that I didn't think I knew. <laughs> Bill's trying to trying to do his job and cur- cursing Josh for having to do it.
0: I did Excel Saga entirely in an afternoon.
2: Yes, yeah, so I remember us talking about that with Jessica Calvello.
0: I, I did three episodes of this before
2: I was like, you know what, I'm done. <laughs> that should tell you something about how much Bill vehemently hated a lot of Excel Saga. Three episodes, folks. Three episodes. As he's begging Kamina to pilot, which Kamina decides not to, Yoko realizes that she's out of ammo and things look really, really bad. Until, here comes the cavalry. A man named Dayaka and a bunch of other... Sh- uh, Dayaka, one 619. Yes. Yes, that's it's ex- exactly what it is. Uh, <laughs> Dayaka and other soldiers, who are apparently all friends of Yoko, show up. Guns ablazing, blazing, and they take down one of the gunmen. And uh, at this point, a shadowy teddy bear thing crawls out of the robot's mouth.
0: Yeah, the a weird fuzzy beast man.
2: It it was very shadowed in an odd style.
0: I don't know if that, that was supposed to be, even be shadowing. You think it was actually just what it looked like? I think it was just like a cousin it looking thing. Really? I assume that's what beastmen were gonna be. Uh, okay. Throughout this anime was just yeah, big fuzzy.
2: I just assumed it was like a. Uh, like, they didn't want to reveal exactly what was in there yet, so they kind of, like, put it in, like, a shadowy sort of thing. Yeah, no, I think he was just Cousin It. Okay, well, I that is definitely something that is just really creepy in general. It's really bizarre looking, and it is, it crawls out of that mouth, it tries to escape, and Yoko tells us that the pilots are called, as we've just mentioned, Beastmen. We finally get the formal name.
0: I think it shares hair that
2: achieved sentience and ran away. I think you're probably right. <laughs> At sunrise, they apparently show up every day, and they leave at sunset. And we, ta- you and I talked about this actually quite a bit as we were yeah. rewatching the episodes today. Do you want to, like, kind of talk about what we were discussing? It just, they never
0: truly explain, they make you think mm-hmm. there's a reason. You know, they definitely have this mindset that they show up in the morning and they do their thing, and if yeah. you eat them all in the morning, they're not going to come back that day, so you can just go hunting and... You get into this more in the next episode.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: But they definitely have the schedule, and you even hear characters later say, "Well, it's sundown. I gotta go." But they never actually explain it. I don't remember.
2: Yeah, I don't think. I don't think so. And if maybe, maybe they will later in another episode. But they it or... later
0: too. They even say, "Like, I thought you didn't come out at night," and she's like, "My kind
2: are nocturnal." Oh. Well, I, well, I guess. If you think of animals in general, right, I mean, you're going to have animals that are going to be more nocturnal, so maybe they're yeah. just trying to show, like, that all beastmen aren't exactly the same. But
0: what's they supposed to be?
2: Oh, that's a good question. What are any of these things supposed to be, honestly?
0: For the most part, I mean...
2: apish, I guess, for the most part.
0: I wouldn't even say that, no, because there are... There's all kinds of animals. I think, if anything, they're... No, you're right, yeah, yeah. They're furries, almost. I mean, they're... <sighs> oh. well, they are. They're, they're animal people hey, hey, of all hey. sorts. Did you just hear that? I think somewhere Josh just screamed. I think he did. Okay. They're definitely anthropomorphic animals. Yeah. Of various kinds.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And not just mammals. So. Yeah, I'm not sure fully what's going on. I don't get it either. I am. So later that night, a tells Simone that he did a good job. And here comes the gay stereotype. Yeah. Now, I have problems with, Ron or what's his other what's Le'Ron? No, Le'Ron and name. Ron is short. Ron for short. I have problems with Le'Ron. I don't hate him as much as I initially did. I'm starting to warm up to him a little bit. I think it's usually I think it's more through your yours and my conversations about Le'Ron right. and not so much seeing him on the screen that has softened me on Le'Ron a little I, bit.
0: Yeah, I think we agree on Le'Ron mm-hmm. and we came out from different angles. Yes. And not that I didn't see he was problematic. Yeah. But I went Wow, that could be a great character, except for X, X y, y, and Z. Z. Yeah. Uh, whereas you went, ah, oh, gay stereotype, and then started to see, well, he does have these. He has layers. These layers, layers that are better.
2: Absolutely. I, I just, I dislike the overt stereotype in general in any fiction. Like it just drives me nuts to just immediately go there. You know what I mean? And right. it's very heavy at the beginning.
0: It is. But there are gay men who are very
2: effeminate. Oh, absolutely there are. Absolutely. The fact
0: he is effeminate like that Mm -hmm. is not problematic.
2: No, it just seems that way at first though. It really does though at first. It it does. I can definitely see that. Especially in this episode.
0: I buckled up like, okay, is this gonna be one long running gag? And I think taking the effeminate character, they could have left his orientation ambiguous. Yeah. And just, he was effeminate. But he's a tech genius on top of it. Mm -hmm. Sort of like Sinna in the Hunter games. Yes. They never come out and say Sinna's gay. Yeah. But he kind of is. I mean, essentially, I mean,
2: essentially, it's pretty, it's pretty clear. I mean,
0: you, you assume he is at least. Yeah. And he's one of the biggest badasses. Yeah. Through fashion designing.
2: Right. Um, And, and they didn't immediately label him though, right, from the first time you see him. Right. Which, which is really awesome. Yeah. You know, here, again, as a gay man, I'm not saying, you know, I'm listening. Actually, I'm listening to a podcast right now called "Conversations with People Who Hate Me." I listened to the first episode of that, and it's and it's Dylan Maron. Um, he's known for some of his very outspoken, left leaning YouTube videos, and he's also a voice on "Welcome to Night Vale." That's where yeah. I know him originally. And he, in one of the later episodes, uh, there's a gay man who writes a very slanderous thing and calling him a homo and calling him like a, like like giving gay people a bad name. And one of the things he talks about was, like, his lisp and all these things. And Dylan Maron was just like, you know, I just want to make it clear. I've always had a high voice. I've always talked this way. This is who I am. Yeah, even, not, even before I had any idea about my sexuality. It's not an affection. Absolutely. So I can see that, you know, in, in fiction, it's hard to, you know, when you immediately just go there, though, there's that reaction I always have of, oh, God, here we go.
0: Well, if there wasn't that many... Bad stereotypes of that exact sort in mm-hmm. anime. This one exception would not be terrible.
2: Absolutely, you're
0: not you're not judging judging the character necessarily just on him, mm-hmm. but on every other time this has yes. been done. And you're not wrong, no. mind you don't
2: don't take it that I'm saying you're no, wrong. no. I know, I know. I'm no. You're not.
0: It's what you've come to expect, and so you buckle up and go. Okay, this is going to be
2: yeah. You um, know, you know, it's funny because like I mean, we have something like, like Yuri on Ice now, where like. The stereotypes are not, like, this overly offensive, strong thing. It's just a story about romance or whatever. Right. Um, But, like, if you go back to the 90s, my favorite, like, gay characters are from a show that you would just never expect. From Sorcerer Hunters or Bakaratsu Hunters or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Carrot's brother, he has some elements of that effeminate, but, like, it's not overdone. It's not not over the top with, like, a voice. He's a little
0: camp gay in his own way. He is a little bit. Mainly the overly muscled, like bondagey sort of
2: like side, per- like like guy that he's kind of like attracted to, and with. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, like there is that. Of course, he's he's bisexual, which was I thought interesting. Yeah, like that. They, here's a bisexual character in an anime. Like you don't see that very often, not male at least. Yeah, not male is female maybe, but yeah. but not so much male. So um yeah, so yeah, so I mean, there's a precedent I think in a lot of other anime though of that. So yeah, when I first saw Leron, I did kind of tense up. I was worried. And as I'm going along, and the more we talk about it, I'm 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 a little bit more okay with it. T-
0: taken in a vacuum by himself. Yes. I mean, I don't know. They actually ever specifically say he's homosexual. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of obvious from context, but I don't know. If they actually ever specifically say it. Right. But makeup wearing, effeminate, weapons and tech genius mechanic mm-hmm. is a really interesting juxtaposition. You don't see it very often. Really, Kamina's. Over the top, dude, bro. Like, okay, well, you've hit on me, so I have to kill you. That is that's, problematic. That's terribly problematic. Like him joking about jerking off Kamina or whatever he was getting at with like yeah, masculinity. Like yes, what? That's fine. That's Kamina. Yeah, he does that with the kids once in a while too. He does. And that's when I'm like, okay, that probably didn't need to be part of the. Didn't
2: need right. to be in there. Yeah, you know,
0: or even that the kids are scared of him because he's gay. Or like, yeah, there are problematic elements aside from him messing flirtily with. The the kids the only yeah. one the really problematic stuff is other people's reaction to him absolutely the kids being scared of him and even Kamina wanting to kill him and commit hate crime
2: and even the stuff with the kids it's nowhere near the gross level of what we saw in Excel Saga with uh with that one oh yeah. robot maker or oh, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah I can't remember his name no now. no it's
0: never that he's just sort of like you know he just wiggles his fingers at him basically yeah exactly something. it's nothing nothing yeah. over the top gross but no that guy was. That was played for laughs, like, pedophilia is funny, yeah. and it's all <laughs> And
2: it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, let's get back to the review here. That's, that's a good conversation, though. I'm glad we had yeah, that no. conversation. comment mentions how, how they finally made it to the surface, and mentions his father, but quickly covers it up. Like, he kind of brings up his father, and then kind of backtracks. Like, he doesn't want any of that out in the open yet.
0: Yeah, I think it's that he doesn't want them to know why he was so
2: interested in the surface. Right.
0: He's playing off like, well, it's just our birthright. It's what we need to do
2: and so he's like overly macho here kind of like I don't want to show you emotion kind of yeah
0: okay. or, or I don't yeah I don't want you to know that I have this emotion with my dad that I want to find him mm-hmm. I just want to come to the surface cuz it's cool
2: yeah he I think that's one of the things I and again I last episode I said that my favorite character so far was Kamina uh-huh. uh and I think that's one of the things I really like about him that he puts on this front but you start to see the layers like the real kind of who he is the more sensitive things about him as you go through you do
0: but the stuff he covers up makes him so douchey that he's covering it that does. stuff up. Oh, well,
2: you're right. It does. It does. I mean, he's definitely a, a character that is not perfect in that, in that regard. No. We get a scene with the stars and the moon where they see it for the first time. We get a bizarre scene where apparently, because they're underground, they don't know how to read. But Leron does. And well, I don't like know a,
0: that. I mean, there's nothing about being underground that keeps you from reading. The guy just didn't bother to teach him.
2: I guess, yeah. Yeah, Fat Samurai. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite character from this, fat, my my real favorite character from this, Fat Samurai. So we get a, actually kind of a weird scene where Lee kind of like, oh, you don't know how to read? And Yoko's like, yeah, I know how to read. That says sun, or that's a star, and that says moon. We're well, like, he,
0: all he says is, you're not exactly a bookworm either. Because yeah. she, she is taunting them about not being able to read. Yeah,
2: absolutely she is. So. And, he, and he he kind of like jabs back at her. And then she's like, yeah. And there's like a, he's, he's holding this piece of technology. And there's a bunch of words, but there's also a picture of a star and a picture of a moon. She's like, that's a star. That says moon. And I just love that, that she...
0: And you're never quite sure if she actually uh, can read it, or she's just looking at the pictures and trying to cover it up.
2: Absolutely. I
0: imagine she has some rudimentary. She's not completely illiterate, but Mm -hmm. I imagine she is functionally illiterate. Yeah. Whereas the guys are just completely illiterate.
2: They they start talking about the past, and the mechanic finally introduces himself as Leron. And one of my... There's that weird quote we just mentioned before. You wanna give these fingers a dexterity test? Falcon to Kamina, which is it's a funny line. I mean it's a funny line. No, it, it is. Like I can see that he's messing with him. Yeah. Like he sees he's kind
0: of a dude bro and he's fucking around.
2: With he's poke, he's pushing the buttons. Yeah. Um uh, by the way, since Josh isn't here, I'll I'll fill in. Leron voiced by Steve Bloom. Oh, he can be mad. Yeah, he is. I stole his I stole his shtick. I googled something. But um, <laughs>
0: But, unlike his stick, this is relevant, because Steve Bloom is
2: known. He is, he's very well known. He's probably the most well known voice actor on this series. Yeah, and this is where we get the scene where Kamina goes all dude bro, and his response is super hyper masculine, and says, Die, you!
0: Yeah, draws a sword, starts to draw a sword.
2: Problematic, like we talked about. Yeah. Yoko notices Simon's drill key around his neck thing, and, uh, it starts to glow. So that's something. Yeah. That's a thing. And he uses it to, Turn logon on, not that way, but uh, <laughs> both Simon and Yoko head off into the desert, and they're dragging, I think, the downed gunman with them at this point.
0: Yeah, they said they wanted to scrap it.
2: Which will be an important point later when we, when we talk about it. I can't remember if it's this episode, or I think it's the beginning of the next episode, they talk about so, the yeah. scrapping. They travel for a while until they find a skull, and just kind of sitting on the ground, and they decide to give it a proper burial, and Kamina is kind of a dick about it. Yeah, he's like dummy, you died out here, idiot. That'll come up a little bit later. Just wait. We'll we'll get there too. Uh a little bit of foreshadowing kind of. We get more information on where Yoko comes from. They she apparently lived underground too with these other people and is now on the surface trying to survive.
0: Yeah, they they bring that up a little bit what happened
2: yeah. next episode. They're kind of they're kind of forced apparently to the surface. Yes. And we go to the town that they're living in above ground.
0: And I'm not sure if it's specifically a town, or if it's just, like, the top part of their...
2: Underground civilization? I will say vault, but that's Fallout. Yeah, that would their be... Pit. a pit? Vault's close. I mean, I we, think we compared what, it last episode to a vault. It. Yeah, I think yeah. pit's what they called it. Yeah.
0: I think it's maybe, like, just, their pit is open, they're living at the top of it. That could be. Absolutely. That's kind of what I understood, or at least
2: at the edge of it. We get a really cute scene where... Yoko is going to go talk to the guys, but Kamina and Simone are crashed together, like laying next to each other. It's actually kind of cute. Yeah. yeah. It's, that, it's that kind of like little big bro kind of thing. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. And then we get a break card.
1: Hey, and welcome to the break card. Actually, this is Josh. So I hope you've been enjoying uh, our review of Gurren on episode two. I told you, I'm gonna pilot that thing with Bill and Andrew sans me. On that subject, if you're kinda of wondering where I'm at and Bill and Andrew hasn't said anything yet, the reason why I'm not there right now is that the month of October is pretty much the busiest time of year for myself. I work at a local haunted house on the weekends, so that kinda cuts out on me getting in on our regular recordings. So that means I'm out, and Bill and Andrew didn't want to leave you folks hanging without any Gurn content for an entire month, so they've gone ahead and recorded a few episodes without me. But the rest of the month should also have some more interesting stuff. I think Andrew may be working on finishing up his uh, Pokemon Generation reviews with uh, Ray. Also, I heard on the grapevine that there might be a movie review. I definitely want you guys to go ahead and check out Patreon.com slash Tuning Japanese. That's where you would go to donate to our show. As you notice, we really don't have any advertisers, and uh, we could definitely use a little bit of help keeping this uh, thing going a little bit. I mean, paying for a website, getting put on Podomatic and iTunes is not always the cheapest thing. There's always also a cost of new equipment. Uh, of course, the content was still going regardless, but you might get some free stuff like I don't know access to the backlog, so you could go see our Excel Saga reviews. Eventually, Trigun's gonna fall off of uh, the stream, so you know you want to check that out and see Bill actually happy for an anime. Definitely check that out, and you know you don't know. We do some uh, mini episodes every now and then. You could always check that out as well. Who knows? We may even do an episode for you, right? I mean, for those that really pitch in. We're going to review something that you request us. It could be anything. And believe me, that's a scary prospect. I mean, you could have us do an Inuyasha movie review. Ugh. God. It just makes me just, oh. I think I need some scotch after that thought. But definitely check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash tuning Japanese. Follow us on Twitter at tuning Japanese. Like us on Facebook at Tuning Japanese, and of course there's always our website tuningjapanese.com, or you could also go to the Questionable Endeavor Network website at QuestAndNetwork.com. There you could check out our different podcasts, some different articles, maybe a stream or two, or you might see something new like the Reanimator podcast. Yeah. This is a new podcast here for us, folks. It's a new anime podcast, and we got some new hosts for you by the name of Yada, Taka, Tetsu, and Gaijin Gary. They're going to sit down. They're going to talk about anime and not just singular episode reviews like we do. They're going to go the whole distance. They're going to talk news. They may or may not uh, have their own theories on what's going to happen on your favorite Shonen series. I mean, if you like One Piece or something and you're wondering if Luffy ever going to fall into the ocean, they'll probably talk about that. I mean, they're definitely new to us. Go ahead, show their support. You love us? You like anime? Check them out. Reanimator Podcast on Questionable Endeavor Network at questendnetwork.com. I think that's about all that I can do for this break card. So, I'm going to get you back to Bill and Andy, but before you do, check out one of our other podcasts on the Questionable Endeavor Network. See you later. Bye. You have been invited to the Slasher Sanitarium. Come join us as we talk about horror movies, horror fiction, and horror television. Subscribe now to the Slasher Sanitarium. New episodes coming soon.
2: (laughs) Come back, and there is a flashback Kamina is talking to his father it's little Kamina like Jimmy Kamina and his father is like hey are you afraid to be here he's a douche like at least we know where Kamina gets it from yeah no he yeah it's honest totally is (laughs) like like kind of you know getting it from his father he gets it
0: honest as my dad used to say yes
2: (laughs) absolutely and we get a scene here where he says well I guess if you're not going to be here at the surface I am See you later, son, and just like basically takes off. Yeah, sucks to be you. Whoop, Fa- whoop, whoop, whoop. Father of the year material, <laughs> right there for sure. And then explosions. Common <laughs> and Simone wake up to the sound of a gunman, and everyone else is kind of like, "Yeah, this is normal," and like they're just kind of strolling around, like, "Yep, yeah, we're we're about ready for this." Like making breakfast. And yeah, just they're like not. It's no big deal. Not
0: freaking out about it.
2: But uh, of course, Simone and Connor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's pretty great. And uh, we get more self doubt from Simone, more cockiness, of course, from Kamina, and then they're on their way. Apparently, Leron was up all night polishing Simone's giant head uh, gunman thing. Okay, we'll go with gunman. <laughs> yeah. uh, here's a uh, here's an interesting quote from Leron. Apparently, I don't hate Leron that much because I've quoted him a second time here. When you screw it in, give a hard, manly twist. <laughs> or you hit him a lot because you have to keep. It out, yeah, like, I do. I do. One of, one, one of the two. I can't remember when I, I wrote this so probably like a month ago at this point, these notes. Uh, Simone has performance issues, I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> is the best way to put it. Like, he tries to give it a manly twist and he's a little flaccid there. This doesn't work. Probably flaccid, just, it doesn't do anything for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just kinda like, oh. Oh. There's, there's a Josh joke that's, in there. That's why I,
0: Josh likes him so much. But,
2: uh, <laughs> but we're not gonna go there. The gunman attack. But before they attack, they have to limber up.
0: Yeah, they're doing that weird anime workout thing that you always see people in the background like yeah. like leaning over, like making a, a Y for YMCA. Or and like doing like, like, like a really exaggerated. Computer. Yeah.
2: Which I don't understand. I guess... Not the first time I've seen it. I guess like Japanese... Calisthenics. It, calisthenics is yeah. just like is overly exaggerated stretching. Yeah. That doesn't look like it's actually stretching the muscles. Yeah. Leaning a lot. Yeah. I wonder if they have bad like muscle aches and stuff all the time because they don't know how to stretch. This time we have much bigger gunmen than before. They're a little bit more of a challenge. Are they supposed to be bigger, or again, is this just a
0: perspective problem? It
2: could be a perspective problem too. It, it definitely could be. Simone gets all angry, having some sort of flashback about his mom and his dad being killed in an earthquake. That was a sudden, random flashback. No, Did they it talk was... about that before.
0: Well, they—they're all orphans. There in right, yeah, the I guess there is that. So and I guess I, it's just kind of explaining I think why. they do mention that his parents died in an earthquake.
2: Really? I think they did. I must have missed that somewhere along um, the line. So yeah,
0: the tremors that the gunman landing and attacking cause mm-hmm. are what caused the earthquake that caused the cave-in that killed the parents.
2: Gotcha. Well, apparently this anger is what fuels Logan
0: and... In fairness, they didn't really murder his parents so much as it was negligence.
2: Yeah, no, negligence is probably a better term for it. Mans- <laughs> I, would, I would even go as far as manslaughter. This battle does not go well. The explosions that they plant ahead of time everywhere don't really do anything to the gunman. Slow out down a little bit. A tiny bit, but it does, really doesn't do any damage to the gunman itself. Kamina claims that he's going to take over that big gunman. And, uh, of course, everyone else is like, wait, what? <laughs> and Kamina and Simone rush off together. They rush in, and Lagann uses its speed to run around a, its much bigger opponent. And during the fight, Kamina lands on the gunman's face and tries to break it open with the gun.
0: Yeah, I think you skipped over that Yoko gave him the gun.
2: Oh, we totally forgot yeah. the gun scene. So you yeah. want to you want to explain this whole scene because I know you enjoy this. Yeah, so much. Yoko
0: hands him like a derringer, like mm-hmm. a whoa one shot gun.
2: Yeah, probably probably leftover probably something from Millie. You yeah, know?
0: exactly. And goes or Meryl, Meryl. Yeah, hands him a little one shot derringer looking thing. And I says, "Do you know how to use this?" He's like, "Of course." Just takes it. <laughs> So yes, yeah, so on top of the face of the gunman, he just decides to start using it like a hammer with the barrel pointing towards himself. So good! <laughs> that was probably one of the highlight moments of the whole anime, honestly. The I, whole anime, wow! I laughed out loud pretty
2: hard at that. Oh my god! And yeah, and as he's hammering, uh, it fires yeah, it and goes, he shoots his off. leg. It's pretty good. Does he actually shoot his leg? Or I no? think he's he almost, almost does. Yeah. I think it kind of ricochets. I mean, but it's but it's pretty close. Simone drills through another one of the arms. And uh, then uh, Prize opened the mouth of the gunman, and this allows Kamina to jump in and take over. But the machine just doesn't want to work. It's like, you're not a beast, man. Yeah, it
0: shows his face and then, like, little nose all over the screens (laughs) inside.
2: Nice little touch there. I enjoyed that. Kamina's gunman then goes flying, apparently, and Simone is thrown into it. And I can't remember, like, what happened there if, like, one of the other gunmen, like, like hit him or something, I think. It got kind of... It got a little weird. Confusing
0: there for a while. Yeah, the but...
2: action got a little, like, blurred to me. Like, I was I was having trouble following it at some point. Yeah. Like, what was actually going on. This pisses Kamina off, and he punches the controls, and he sees the image of the skull in the or, ground. A he, skull. A skull in the ground. We don't, we're don't, we not sure if it's the same skull from earlier I'm that, they, that sure, they buried. I'm pretty sure,
0: thinking about it, I'm pretty sure it's not, because <laughs> they buried the last one. That's true. And completely. this one's exposed.
2: This one is exposed. So it's yet another one of those. And this is going to be important, because before when he saw it, he made fun of it. Now he sees it and realizes that this could be the end for him. Well, he made fun of the other guy. The other guy, yeah.
0: Now, does he realize it's the end for him? Or is he mad that all the people have, have died coming to the
2: surface? And it's unclear. But I, we, I took it that
0: he he was getting mad
2: because he was seeing the death that they've caused. It's possible. I, I don't know. I kind of took it the other way, but I think both are both valid. Yeah. I mean, well, both are valid interpretations. You could have
0: both emotions at once.
2: Yes, absolutely. And apparently it's so complex that he becomes x-rayed. Yeah, it's yeah. a weird swirl of colors. It, it activates and, his fighting spirit, I guess, and it's it's a bizarre visual. I wasn't a really big fan of the visual, and somehow now, yeah, his his spirit is activated. He can use it to pilot the ship.
0: Yep, he grabs the controls and all gives him green thumbs up, and
2: and he's good to go. And he here's my favorite part of the episode: mocking again one of the things we talked about whether or not this anime is parody, or what exactly it is. And I think superfan Matt gave you an explanation on the Facebook, right? Yeah, yeah. What, what, what Do you remember What exactly what he said?
0: Yeah, so Matt's explanation, mm-hmm. our, uh, our buddy, our fan... Our, our patron. Our patron, Matt, Matthew, he explains that Gurren Lagann is simply hyperbole in motion, and the classic anime tropes are turned up to 11.
2: Which is a pretty damn good explanation.
0: Breaking through the heavens of the previous limits of those tropes.
2: Yeah, quite so, quite literally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so...
0: So go to the uh, Facebook page. Yes. Um, always great insights from Matthew.
2: Oh, yeah, I that's one of my favorite things about doing this podcast, honestly, is just getting to see what kind of cool stuff that he's adding to the show. Yeah, so. he
0: should totally be here instead of me. I mean...
2: Well, I <laughs> no. mean, it's okay. We love you. And... And I
0: have a basement.
2: That's true. Yeah. Even though know, it's cold, I'm freezing. Um, so speaking of the hyperbole, here we get one of those moments, it's my favorite moment from the whole episode, where... When you think of any anime in general, but like mech anime, and they have these big attacks with names, or something like Dragon Ball Z even, Oh yeah,
0: well just calling your attack name in general.
2: Absolutely, and here he calls two attack names. Who the hell do you think I am, Kick? Which is just fucking hilarious. (laughs) That make no sense. No sense. And hands off my beloved little brother Punch! He's just making shit up. And then there's a fastball special, or the perfect combustion of manly souls cannonball attack. And Simone becomes a drill, misses, comes back around, and blows the other two up in a really bizarre animated explosion. It looked like kind of a weird Picasso or swirly thing, or I don't know what was going on. There was, like, uh, some weirdness there. I guess it was
0: the spiral energy coming out. Bizarre. Basically shot through their back and out their mouth. Yeah.
2: The pilot of Gurren then cries and runs off, and we're left with a little bit of aftermath.
0: Gurren's pilot. Uh, concerns me a little, too. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's just supposed to be an ape man. That's all there is to it. But there is definitely some... You could take it in a racial way, the way
2: he's drawn. You can. Absolutely. Let's can. just leave it at that. He, yeah. We'll, you know, we don't need to go any further. If you want to go... I mean, obviously, if you're watching along with us, just...
0: And maybe I'm reading too much into it, just there, from all the other maybe, stuff that's happened and the kind of...
2: But I think it's, it's hard to not be a little sensitive to paying attention to those kind of things, you yeah, know, and well, how you depict...
0: Since we've seen how they depicted women,
2: yeah, and you know, gays, and it's yeah, I mean, the, this is it, a this is an, an anime with a lot of a lot of overly done stereotypes. Yeah, so it, it when I
0: first saw it, I was like, ooh, maybe that's innocent, but
2: uh, maybe not. And making them the bad guys doesn't help either. Yeah, no, absolutely. Huh. So our aftermath. Apparently, they never thought of stealing a gunman before the others.
0: Well. And I said that before, I said, that's kind of dumb. They never thought of it, but they did have to use logon to do it, to pry their mouth open. Mm-hmm. So if they didn't have the equipment to knock down a gunman and they didn't have the equipment to open it up, especially be able to do it quickly, mobile, you know, yeah. maybe they could set up a hydraulic press or something, but they'd have, or a It'd hydraulic take time. jaws of life kind of thing, but they couldn't do it in the field quickly. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. maybe that's why they have never able to do it before.
2: That's definitely possible. And Kamina names his Mech-Guren and calls out for his dad and all that. But here we have the dramatic ending, and maybe a little too dramatic, but Kamina finds that skull from earlier, and it has been completely dug up in a lot. Not completely, but a lot of it is dug up from I, the battle.
0: Yeah, I think uh, he actually fell on it or stepped on it or yes, something. And I that's think that's what, what it was. And that's what, like, it was laying in the print of the yes. hand or footprint.
2: Yes. And he comes to realize when he looks and finds a, a bangle or something hanging off of, of its wrist... And realizes that that is indeed his father.
0: Yeah, but it's a bracelet with a skull hanging off of it. Yeah, uh,
2: and he dramatically cries out, and we get the credits. Yeah, he stands in front of the moon, and practically howls. Basically, yeah, and uh, and that is it. That is episode two of Gurren Lagan. So this is the part where we kind of talk about our thoughts about the episode overall. We don't have Josh to talk for 15 minutes, so I suppose <laughs> this, will be um, quick. this will be pretty quick. Uh, I guess I'll start, since it was my episode, uh, I've seen this episode now four times. Okay. Um, I watched yeah. it once originally. I watched it again to write my review. We watched it last week when when we were trying to record, and then we watched it again today. Yes. So I've seen a lot of times, this particular episode. The more I see the anime and in in the episodes, the more I'm starting to kind of get bits and pieces that didn't seem to make sense or parts that were overdone and I can see past certain things. I'm starting to, I'm starting to see a little bit more value in this anime than I originally did. Um, that's not to say that it's going to be my favorite anime by any means. I think there's still some things about it. I don't like,
0: there's a lot of problematic things
2: and absolutely. Like I said,
0: some of that may not be problematic. It may just be that we're assuming
2: Right. It is
0: because of the other problematic things.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, when we were talking about Trigun, we talked about the problematic stuff. And I don't want to excuse any of the stuff from Trigun. Because, I mean, people wrote it and they they have to own up to it. But it was a different time. And I always hate saying, oh, it was the 90s as an excuse.
0: I don't think it's an excuse. But I think you definitely have to understand the 90s people thought differently. Yeah. And so when you see something from the 90s. I saw something the other day about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, mm-hmm. where they yell fag. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa! Like, that was like a PG movie that kids mm-hmm. went and saw, and it yep. was okay. Yep. And I totally forgot about it, even. Yeah, And then, absolutely. boom, there it is. And I was Like,
2: holy like, shit. Like,
0: these are the good guys. Yeah. So, yeah, although it's not ex- an excuse.
2: Something that was done in the 2000s, like, yeah. you know, like, like mid-2000s. You should at
0: least be paying know. a little more attention. It's absolutely.
2: not... The cheesecake stuff, the the gay stereotype, the I don't know, there might be again we might reading too much into the the stereotyping of for the gunmen potentially. The beastmen. The beastmen rather. Yeah,
0: the the first one that was kind of cousin it ish, I mean it had sort of the giant lips. Giant lips and it was all black and then mm-hmm. the the monkey one that came out of Gurren, you know, it kinda had the broad nose and, yeah. and it Like I said, I, I maybe we're reading too much into it, but it's That's sure... possible. It sure seems like a racist caricature.
2: Yeah. Or I, it at least could be read that way. I don't disagree with I that. I don't think I'm alone in that. No, I don't think you are either. And the ending with Kamina and the overdramatic stuff, I feel like that was a little overdone.
0: Well, there's like I said, there's a lot of pretentious stuff in this. Yeah. I mean, even the openings of the This is a story
2: of a man who blah blah blah. Yeah. It, but overall, it was still f- a fun episode. I like it a little bit more than I, than I did originally. I just wish that there were certain things that they gave more focus to or, or took some of the focus away from with the most stereotypes.
0: I would like to see this streamlined
2: a little bit. Absolutely. As, um, gone over with a little bit more thought. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, anything else to add thought-wise from your end? No,
0: I think I kind of covered it during your recap. Fun. I mean, to-
2: totally fine.
0: The first and second episode both. This episode, if we weren't doing this, I would not continue watching this. Yeah. You know, and, and I suppose the other thing is I might have been looking for things to not like it's possible, you know because i I kind of had already wrote in the, written this off as really, yeah, but
2: but I think the more we've been watching it, I think just generally like rewa- rewatching episodes and stuff, I feel like we're finding some good things about this
0: we are we certainly are, like I said, Leron could be a could be a great character,
2: absolutely could be again,
0: given a little bit more thought mm-hmm.
2: and mm-hmm. put into a vacuum, and I agree, so that is our review of episode 2 of Gurun Lagan. I said I'm going to pilot that thing. So next week we will be reviewing Who Do You Think You Are Having Two Faces. And you know, what's interesting about that is and this is something Josh has mentioned and I've I've kind of dismissed, uh-huh. but I think actually kind of makes sense with the titles. Josh mentions to pay attention to the font all the time on the on the title cards and talking about how it will change. I'm curious because all the titles so far are very much Kamina. Yeah. So, so I'm would wondering, somebody. yeah. So I wonder if, you know, that, that subtle changing the font to kind of fit Kamina. I wonder if later on when they change the font, the titles feel less like Kamina. I yeah. imagine they would probably. So that's something maybe, you know, to, to lend some credence to what Josh was talking about, pay attention to those in, in kind of concert together, because I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, so we will be talking about that next week. Till then, I think it's about time to head on out. What do you think?
0: So this has been Tuning Japanese, oh, a uh, podcast Jesus where three Christ. dudes in their 30s talk about
2: anime, uh, punch something. I'm Bill. <laughs> oh, yes. um, You have thrown me off so much. I'm just going to say my name is Andy. And we will see you next time. I'm not doing it. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com like our facebook at facebook.com slash tuning japanese and follow our twitter at tuning japanese you can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuning at gmail.com please help support the show by going to itunes and leaving a five-star rating and review you can also go to patreon.com slash tuning japanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily Tuning Japanese is part of the Questionable Endeavor Network. For more information on other podcasts and articles, check out questandnetwork.com. While you're there, listen to more great podcasts like the Shadowbane Podcast, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Raw Attitude Podcast, Geek and Gamer Guild, the Slasher Sanitarium, Pone Stars, New Blood Rising, and our newest show, Words of Geekdom.